Hey friends, exciting topic today. We are going to be talking all things money, 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 and budget. Actually, budget can be more than just money, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to give you some, some examples and ways that you can do better in terms of your finances on your homestead and maybe stretch that dollar to go a little bit further so you can be on your homestead more and less out earning extra income that you might need to make things turn. So listen and let us know what you think. Hey friends! Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Hey friends, so somebody reached out and said that they needed help just setting up priorities and budgeting for their their uh, homestead, and I think that that is a great question and we should definitely chat about it. Yeah, so, I'm excited to see where this goes. Lacey's putting <laughs> me in this one blind, so there's no telling. <laughs> I have notes here. It's going to be great. <laughs> so it's interesting. I think that one of the things that people, you know, first of all, what are the things that are working against us as homesteaders? Because I think as homesteaders, we think, okay, I'm going to live off the land. I'm going to be self-sufficient. But the end, it costs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes this really expensive sort of lifestyle that if you just quit everything, you'd actually be saving a heck of a lot more money. I know. I think about that sometimes. But then what would you do with all your free time? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think this came up in another conversation where somebody asked, you know, like, what, why do you guys do this if it, you know, it doesn't really, it's not really cheaper, you know, you, you have to work a lot harder. Why, why do you choose this lifestyle? And my response was, well, why do you choose the other kind of lifestyle? Because you get more time to watch TV or everything is more convenient or cushy. Like what, just why would people choose the other? Why would you pass up the obligation of living your life by through modern convenience and paying other people to do the things that you need to do or whatever? Why would you pass that off to someone else? I think I blame it on three things Oh, for me. You're, you're really into lists these days. Yeah. Jeremiah Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> my side of the mountain and hatchet like that. Those, oh. those three movies or movies and books yeah. is what I will say Hatchet was like the doorway for me too, the gateway. Dave, uh, Dave the other day at dinner, he was like, have you ever heard of this book where this kid died or is in a plane crash and then he has to survive off the land? Yeah. I'm like, have you not read that as a kid? What were you I doing? Know, I know. Like you, that yeah. was a pivotal book. Hatchet is because it's so believable that you really think to yourself, yeah, now that I've read this book... I'd be fine. I just need a hatchet. <laughs> and then like I'd like to mix it with the other two. And yeah. I need a falcon. Yeah. And I need to skin a grizzly bear. And then I'm yeah, set. You're so <laughs> like, ready for this. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, good grief. So that's why we chose this lifestyle. I yeah. That that's for me why we did it. <laughs> I think, you know, ultimately, like that's just such a big question because there's so many layers to it. But but you know, I did think like well, why would I choose the other lifestyle? Like people don't realize they're making a choice about that other lifestyle because it's just what's normal i guess like it's just what people do uh, yeah it's but a tough you, thing to think about you're like you know in this normal life with a normal job where you like just bring home income and that's like the routine where kids separate yeah. from their family at night and then or in the day and then come home and everybody eats dinner together and then you're done right and until you like go out to like some random frisbee golf course and you're like wow there's people that are like 
into frisbee golf like i'm into homesteading <laughs> you know <And> it's like <laughs> that's what they do with all their time is that's they true. throw so frisbees find in the woods a hobby and oh we love frisbee golf so I do we're too. not really good at it no but we do love it but yeah i mean yeah, or golf. I mean, yeah, sometimes I'll, like, see people doing these things, and I'm like, why? You right. know, but, you know, to each his own. But if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some interest in living a lifestyle of homesteading if you're not already. So we'll just say that we all have that in common, this obsession with homesteading and doing everything from scratch and the hard way, I guess you could say. And when we make that decision, we do have to really think about financially because a lot of times what we think or what our vision is – when we start these homesteads is that if I can, you know, basically make everything I need, I won't need a job or I won't need money, mm, you know? Right. Yeah. Now we're about 20 years into this life experience and we're not really to the place where we don't need money yet. Nah. In I fact. Like, I like the idea of not needing money. <laughs> yeah. Not, and I feel like that's, there's a big difference there. It's not making more money it's just not needing money but. no 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 I, yeah like just cutting out every need for like a bill at all right yeah and i mean you know there are some choices we make to take on the need for money like you know letting our kids have experience with music lessons or you know those are like kind of luxuries that we're willing to invest in yeah if it really came down to not needing money, we'd get rid of one of our cars. You know, we'd get rid of... Four of our kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely would not be doing any kind of, like, curriculum slash schoolwork at all. We would be farming full-time. That's what we would really? do. Really? What would change? What would Maybe in the wintertime we would... You know, when it's dark and you can't yeah. do anything outside, that would be... That's what they made year. headlamps for. Right. <laughs> what does great Judy call them? Coon, coon lights? Coon, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's kosher, but whatever. No, yeah, it's for cooning. When you're coon hunting, okay. they, back then they would put a lamp on their head. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, so here's where we're going to just go through the budget thing because I think it can be really helpful. And sometimes we get majorly overwhelmed with all the projects that we want to do, and we have to come back to this, and it can be really, really useful. And I'm going to share just some tips that have helped us tremendously, too, across the board. So first, I'm going to say that making lists can be really, really helpful. Um, for so many reasons. One, I'm not really a list person, but Drew is, as I you love may have realized, yeah. the one, two, threes all the time. <laughs> but he thrives on a list, and it, if he can see it visually, and honestly, I sometimes make lists just because I know if I do, then he'll do them all, everything on right. it, and he won't rest. I, I call that manipulation. It's not manip It's a using efficiently the knowledge you have. Of your partner. To help your partner <laughs> be their best. Anyway. Yeah. And <laughs> do, get done what do you Do their want. most. <laughs> and get done what you want to get done. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So making a list. And that could be just, it could be projects. You know, it can be, you know, things that cost money, things that don't cost money. Just really keeping this list going all the time is really helpful. So what is on your list? And really putting it in terms of priorities. Like, you want to build a greenhouse? Okay. And when do you want to do that by? Is that this spring or is that sometime in the future? You know, like... And and having that really straightforward in front of your face is really, really helpful. And, and this can look like homestead mapping. And this is something that we like to help people do with our homestead audit program. But we um, think that it's just so crucial that you know what you even really want to do. Because the possibilities are truly endless when, you, when you're talking about homestead. I was going to say, the other day I like walked out the door and didn't have my phone with me. Mm -hmm. And didn't I keep a, a list <laughs> on my phone of things that need to be done on the homestead. And I kind of like walked down the driveway a little bit to do one thing. And I was like, oh, but there's this other thing that I probably should do. And I started to walk that way. And I was like, as I was walking by, I saw something else. I was like, oh, yeah. maybe I should do that. 
Then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ask Lacey what she needs done. So <laughs> I went back inside because, I mean, if, yeah, if you don't have kind of a priority list, yeah. you can literally be walking in circles outside. You can. Yeah. And I do that too. And a lot of times I don't even know the priority list. Like I'm when I'm inside, I know the priority list for inside and then the priority for outside I forget because I'm not outside. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so having those both and making it visual is way smarter. But it also helps you with your budgeting because if, if you know, you have the greenhouse project, maybe you have all the materials and it's totally free or maybe you need to budget out when can you actually afford to buy all the materials for that greenhouse. And things like that are really, really helpful to know. And then you can prioritize your time effectively and match it with your budget. I think on that wants list or that, that needs list, you need to dif differentiate too, like make a line down the center of the paper and one side is your wants and one side is your, your needs. Um, because it can be, there are a lot of wants. Like yesterday I walked up into the, I saw this plot of area that we could put some seed out. And I was like, oh, I could put wildflower seeds out there. And I was like, oh, I could build a labyrinth right there. Oh, Drew, we should build a labyrinth right there. Like, so then that is for me, like top priority because I just thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been thinking I want to do a labyrinth for a while and hadn't really known where to do it. And I'm like, okay, all the pieces are falling into place here. So all we need to do is buy papers. So there's $500 right there or more right now. I haven't right. looked recently. So um, then I'm like, okay, never mind. We don't, $500 needs to go into finishing the schoolhouse. You know, like, so that helps me sort of pace myself and understand where my time and energy can actually go. And knowing the difference between a want and a need is really, really important. And I think that as a culture, we tend to say, I need a lot more than we need to. <laughs> Right. Because our wants and our needs are very uh, just, woo, mixed together. We are spoiled. And so it's important that we realize as homesteaders, we have to cut some corners. We have to cut some things out. And um, and that's really what this lifestyle is about, is about whittling out some of the super, superfluous things that aren't actual needs. And I think, well, I think also the, the, the wants or needs need to have a return and not necessarily even a financial return, mm -hmm. but you need to have something coming back. Like the labyrinth, like maybe that's something that is going to make you mentally happier. Like, and there's a very important like quality to that. So like at, at what level is like, will that make you happier than, you know, painting the schoolhouse? Mm -hmm. Like to me, I feel like seeing the schoolhouse painted would, Make me way, very ha happy. way happier than <laughs> yeah. the labyrinth. But, you know, then there's like, to me, like thinking of it holistically, like the community dynamics, like if we plant wildflowers, now we have more pollinators uh -huh. coming. So maybe the our general community on the homestead itself becomes happier because we planted wildflowers and the general community doesn't care so much about if the house is painted. However, mm. our neighbors do care. <laughs> Mr. Right? Lewis, specifically, shout out to Mr. Lewis. Thank you for letting <laughs> us know every time you see us how ugly the schoolhouse is. Um, from the outside. From the outside. <laughs> so he would love to see the schoolhouse mm. painted. So do we care more about the pollinators, Mr. Lewis, or your happiness? Right. Like, there's Ooh. so many levels to it. And is there something, thinking about this from, like, a very permaculture perspective, is there something we can do that's good for everybody? Right. And I think that brings us back to finishing a schoolhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Because even know. if even a schoolhouse, 
I have some flower beds around the outside, but I'm not even planting them because if we're still working on the outside, they're just going to get trampled and ruined. So I'm waiting. Oh, yeah. So ultimately, here we are back at where we should be focused. And I'm glad we had this conversation. Everybody have a good day. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, so you can see how this is an important conversation to have because if you're just kind of constantly going at a, tar a moving target, then it is exhausting, not just on you mentally and physically, but on your budget as well because you'll just be like starting all these projects and not finishing them. And for me, that is mentally exhausting to not have finished projects. It really can weigh down on me. And when I get into my darkest places, which usually happens once or twice a month, then like thinking of all the things that I haven't finished. And so finishing is good. Right? Which, yeah. Which is challenging with someone whose number one strength is ideation. Right. Which kind of conjures up all the ideas. <laughs> yeah, I can't shut that part off. Right, yeah. <laughs> I can refocus sometimes. Okay, so my next tip, I think, and this goes for both of us, but is to not buy so quickly. So this is a like immediate gratification society and we need to just shut that down because we don't deserve to have everything we want or need as soon as we want or need it. We just don't. Mm. And it's something that we think we need or, or we deserve. Um, and I'm not sure why, <laughs> but we don't. And it's okay to wait and it's okay to need something for longer. It's okay. It's also okay to be hungry for a little while, right? Like there's all of these things that we're so accustomed. Oh, don't tell the kids that one. I know, right? Yeah, they, they struggle with that. But, you know, we haven't learned the patience. It's that whole, you know, if you haven't heard of the marshmallow experiment thing, like if you can wait You'll get more and better. Wait, what's a marshmallow experiment? Oh, you know, the kids are in a in a room by themselves and the person leaves a marshmallow and they say, if you don't eat the marshmallow, I'll have three for you when you're done in a few minutes. And it's only like 10% of the kids can wait until the, the more marshmallows <laughs> come. They just eat that dang marshmallow really quick. Uh, I would totally just eat the marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> I would not. I, am, I know you I, would. I would not, no. You would I wait until there eat, were like six marshmallows. Right. I wouldn't even eat the three. I'd be like, whoo, maybe more will come. But there's, I think, a good balance of like enjoying yourself, but then also being willing to like stop. And a lot of times, whatever, that's a whole other conversation, but you can enjoy what you have with that if you focus on that versus on what you want and what you need. Anyway, so waiting three days is a really great rule because it just, it makes you stop. It makes you consider. It makes you notice, like, are you really missing this thing? I mean, I can think of a lot of examples where we really put off buying something and in the end still determined that we had to uh, have that thing. I would say like, so I said this rule a while ago, like in the online world, like the marketing world, we get sales pitches pretty often to us. Mm. And I set up, Abraham's head just popped up right there. Um, I set up the rule that I never buy on a sales call. And I like, well, sometimes tell the people up front that I just, it's my rule that I don't buy on a sales call. And knowing it from the other side of things, because we are in sales also, that people buy generally kind of on an emotional high. So if you pause yourself, then you can kind of decide, like, mm is this something that I really need or not? And then, you know, sometimes it is and we go back and buy it. And, and you know what, look though, we had this recently had a sales call and it was great. And I still think that we need what they had, but we don't have the budget for it. So, you know, like it's like, it's nice to know that that's out there, but I'm not going to take on credit card debt in order to have it, you know? Right. And so if we really want it, if we really need it, we will save and come up with the finances that we we um, need to buy that thing. But in the meantime, it's kept us from spending a lot of I money like, on expensive equipment. The, the, yeah, the, another one is four, a four-wheeler, yes. I was thinking. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that's the other thing is this thing costs as much or more as a four-wheeler. And we have talked about for years that, you know, a four-wheeler might be the right tool for us. Our property is very long and narrow. So getting from the front to the back is a trek. And it's you can't take a car to the back of our property. And we're opening that up, fencing it in, and putting animals back there. And there's really about a maybe a quarter-mile walk from the barn where we keep the feed to where those animals will be. So plus hay bales and all the things that we would need to take back there. I mean, we keep weighing it out, weighing it out. And I think we've come to the place where we, it's just a matter of saving the money to do it. Well, I was going to say the flip side of that is we continue to make it work without the four wheeler, mm. which like <laughs> there's days where I wish I had it, but mm -hmm. then the maintenance on a four wheeler and all those other things and like, the gas. yeah. And it's just kind of like, man, we, continue to keep making it work maybe we don't need it maybe we don't need it maybe we can find a solar powered four-wheeler uh, oh solar there's a whole new <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so these are just the things that like really help us is no immediate per gratification purchases and i'm going to say it because you already know where i stand on this but cancel prime so Prime is Amazon the, Prime. It's, is it's an addiction. It's like sugar. It's like a, you become a junkie for shopping because you can do it so quick and easy. You're like, I, I just saw a paperclip. I don't think I have any paperclips. I'll just order some paperclips, right? Like, and who really needs paperclips? That is nice when you need a paperclip. <laughs> right, but like, I mean, it's really one of these things where if we want to change our budget, we need to change our habits. And Prime is a bad habit. It really is. It's like junk food for shopping addicts. And we're all shopping addicts. We all become shopping addicts because it feels really good to accomplish so much real quick, right? Well, you get that dopamine release you when you purchase also. Right. So be very, very careful with your Prime account. If, you know, maybe maybe set some parameters, maybe, I don't know. But we canceled Prime and we've never looked back. I feel like they unlocked like a special sauce too because while you don't necessarily like to buy things as much, you do love getting things in the mail. So it's Me? like, yeah. Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah. So like when you get Prime and then something yeah. shows up, it's like, Woo! oh, yay. Yeah. Like, it's and true. Then it, for but a while. Kids, <laughs> kids feel that way too because I think I've seen this in several like Instagram posts or like whatever reels or whatever. Kids like crying at the door when when the ups truck passes by and they didn't get anything. Right. And they're like, yeah. where's my package for today? You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, even the mailbox, I love checking the mailbox. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit crazy. Um, it is a little crazy. I know. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, so yeah, it's just tempering that craving is really, really important. And the truth is if you can live it without it for three days, or if you're just forcing yourself to shop local, the effort that it requires to find the thing you think you need locally is enough to keep you from spending more than you should, should spend. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like the friction, the resistance. The resistance, yeah. Yeah. So create as much resistance around purchases as you possibly can. And it's not as like a, as a punishment. It's just as a, like a tool, a tool to save you money. To change your habits. <laughs> to change your habits. Yeah. yeah. And then we've talked about this before. We talked about this on our tools podcast a lot about sharing, renting, borrowing, collaborating, uh, tools of all sorts of shape, sizes, everything, whether it's your chicken processing equipment or a tractor or, you know, whatever it takes to get the job done. Don't just go out and buy it because you're like, oh, I'll use that. I mean, the truth is your neighbor, if you just moved out to the country, for example, we got a lot of new homesteaders listening. The truth is your neighbor probably has it already. And could you just say, hey, neighbor, and what a beautiful way to develop community too. What a beautiful way to, you know, you bake them a pie, they let you use their post hole digger. You know, like, I mean, there's yeah. just so many different reasons why you don't, everyone on the block doesn't need a post hole digger. 
I think it's a good idea to just go to your neighbor and be like, these are the tools I have. Create a, like an Excel it, yeah. spreadsheet. That would totally If you ever you need to borrow a tool, these are the ones I have. <laughs> like that's yeah. a good way to say it. Right. And then also making a list of free resources is really helpful because when you're in a bind and you're like, oh my gosh, I need, I need tables for this birthday party event or something, you know, then you can look at your resources list and be like, oh, well, there are pallets at that one store this lady said I could have. I could rig something up with those, you know, like, or I don't know what other free materials, mulch, maybe it's not free, but cheap or, cheap, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, you can look on Facebook marketplace or whatever, but Finding the resources in your, your area that you can tap into that are either recycled, free, or whatever. Habitat for Humanity we go to on the regular for different things. There's a lot of falling down barns out there. And maybe you need uh, roofing for your chicken coop. And could you just call your neighbor and be like, hey, I see that piece of metal laying on the ground out there. Can I come and snatch that or something? Yeah. Um, and with the, lay the way lumber is going, you could probably actually get somebody to maybe even pay you. But surely you could free go and take some of these barns down and have a lot of materials um, to do what you need to on the, on the farm. Oh, that was the other thing we used to get a lot free is slab wood. Slab wood, yeah. Which That's can be a really great handy. One. Yeah. So that comes from a sawmill. Like the first cut where they're like squaring up the log is basically just trash. I think we pay... Delivery. Delivery. You can generally, if you call a sawmill, you can go pick it up for free. At the and, time, we didn't have a... Yeah. We didn't have a trailer. And I'm thankful we got it delivered because that was way easier. <laughs> yeah. It was worth it. I think we paid like $50 for them to deliver it. But we built... A lot of buildings out of that slab Fences, chin coops, gates, goat, goat everything. building, yeah. And then I think we ended up using some of it just for firewood. Yeah. But that that was a great resource. It's true. I forgot about that one. See, we should have our list so that we can go to it. Right? Yeah, if we only had our list. <laughs> um, I was going to say that, oh, yeah. and like my last tip, Lacey's going to love this one, is don't throw anything away. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Find a little <laughs> hidden spot on your homestead. And neatly organize all those random things that you're thinking like, man, I could use this one day. I I have to say, like, I'm very kind of on the fence of that back and forth. Mm. But I have built like the last two things we've built. I've built completely from those scraps mm. and like didn't pay for anything on that. On that initial, one like piece. I had paid at Would you some say point, it was one, one piece, piece at a time, time? Yeah. And yeah. it didn't cost you a dime? Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Maybe. At some point it, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did at some point. But yeah, there's also scrap yards and there's lots of like other options for that kind of thing that you can just know your... Um, you know, even your dump, like what can you go pick up at your dump? Um, and then I would add too that having a list of your community members that you can tap into for different resources, whether it's, you know, your local landscaper who might know the best place to get fill dirt or, you know, I'm looking right now, we have spools that we use as tables outside. Big. Those weren't free. They weren't free, but they were inexpensive. And now I know where to get more. That's true. Um, and from that weird guy that had a whole backyard full of spools. <laughs> yep, that guy. <laughs> but, you know, I do need more. And so we're going to have to go get some. And that's good because they've worked really well for what we've needed them for and even more. And I feel really good about using something that's, um, it looks cutish and it's, you know, recycled. And we didn't have to spend a lot of money to, or waste anything. But even our greenhouse, our friend gave us all those hoops because we had a conversation actually at our farmer's mastermind. We were talking about things we wanted to accomplish and we talked about how we'd been denied a, a grant for a greenhouse 
and how, you know, we still were going to do it, but it was going to be so expensive. And she's like, well, I have all of these, these, um, trampoline hoops. And I was like, what? And it worked out perfectly. So, yeah. So if you need a greenhouse, recycle trampoline hoops Yeah, is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just thinking outside the box and being able to kind of like toss some ideas around brainstorm and, and have people on your team so that you can collaborate on these ideas. Yeah. And a lot so of So you're times, saying community. Community. Yeah. <laughs> so we might have mentioned before <laughs> how important that is. But, oh, and that brings me to rain barrels because what are the two <laughs> most important things? Water and community. Those are the two most important things. So part of our budgeting podcast is rain barrels. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rain barrels. I mean, uh -huh. how? okay, what's an inexpensive way to, to build a rain barrel? Go ahead, tell them. Pickle barrel. Pickle barrel. That's how much, it. How much is a pickle barrel? Uh, they range from like 60 to $80. Yeah. Yeah, so you have like, okay, this recycle, upcycled thing that you can capture water in. And most houses have gutters. So there you go. Easy peasy done. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you can see here, we could go on and on about budgeting in terms of like, I, I would I highly advise you to never take out a loan, um, for anything other than your mortgage. We have had to take out a car loan because we got in a car accident last year and we just didn't have the money to buy a new car. So that was a bit frustrating for us because we've never had a car payment before, but we're paying that off pretty quickly. And you know, the less overhead that you have, the more money you don't need. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And that's really the major goal is to just not need money as much. Um, that takes you, you're like full circle. Full circle. Back to not needing money. Not needing money. Yeah. But you have to not spend it to not need it. So like when you buy your homestead <laughs> and you're like, okay, now I need a tractor. Well, sorry, you just lost that battle. <laughs> now you're going to need money for a while. Now you're going to need money to pay off that and also to repair that and also for the gas. Whereas you could have probably borrowed somebody else's tractor or rented one and gotten what you needed done infrastructure-wise and then moved on from there. Yeah. Maybe rent it again the next time you need it, right? You know, like there's just a way around that's cheaper. And sometimes it's about, again, realizing the difference between your wants and your needs. And you might want a tractor because it makes you feel like a real farmer, but that's ego. So check it you or, need for you wreck it, it. <laughs> right. uh, sorry don't go after the tractor again <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm just saying that's one of the major pitfalls if tractors were free and growing on trees i'd say yeah it's probably fine but it, they're not so <laughs> anyways i think that sums it up i mean we could go into like a legit budgeting course and like financial freedom course because i there are definitely other things i think you need to create an income stream revenue that is recurring that is not like dollar for hour so that is something that's difficult to think of ways to do, but that is the easiest and best way. It's like building that recurring revenue so that you don't always have to, you know, go to work because it's really hard to build a homestead when you're constantly yeah. at work. Right. <laughs> Somebody else's work. Yeah. So that so would be that my... that side hustle started. Yeah. A side hustle that's going to build you recurring revenue is huge. And we spent a good five to six, seven years really building that so that we can actually live off of that. And I mean, I, we still work that business and love it, but it's not nearly what it was for the startup. And it is, you know, again, potentially like going to pay us for the rest of our lives. And pays our bills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
there you have it. That's my last best tip. I hope that this was helpful and you got some tips uh, that you can use and you're gonna use. Don't just listen, actually do. Get that list going and we would love to hear about them. What is on your want and your need list? Um, what do, <laughs> what have you? did you think you needed that now you know you just want? I'm curious. Um, and if there's anything you would add, I we would love to hear that, those thoughts. Either email us or message us. We love your feedback. And also, I mentioned it one time already, I think on this call, but we love to help you personally. So if you need help budgeting, you need help mapping out your homestead so that it is a holistic place where you're happy and content and doing what you wanna do, uh, we're here to help, whether that is helping you build a business strategy or just setting up a permaculture design that's going to work for your homestead for years to come, or both. We would love to help you with that. We are experienced in business, we're experienced in homesteading, and where those two things meet is in a, a beautiful place where we can help you kind of achieve all of your homesteading goals. And the homestead audit is the way to take advantage of those things that we bring to the table. In a homestead audit, you would talk to Drew and I. We will help you get a clear vision for what it is that you want to accomplish, whether you're starting at the very beginning or you just need somebody to take a step and, and look from outside and help you strategize and come up with ideas for moving forward. We also can help you through the process of implementing all of that in our coaching program. So we would love to chat with you about that. If you're interested in the Homestead Audit, then just go to our website and check out what that looks like and set up a time to chat. We would love to help. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you found this useful, share it with a friend or a loved one who would benefit from the information that we share in our podcast. And we look forward to chatting with you again next time.